Inside. And we have a very special guest here at the Chopping Wood Inside podcast, uh, Stuart Strauss, uh, Sooty number one, Woodsman number one from the original mm-hmm. series. Welcome, my friend. Ah, thank you. Thanks Great for coming on the here. show. Yeah, um, you know, you're one of our biggest uh, favorite uh, new actors on the on the series. You really captured our imagination from the very beginning, episodes two, I believe, seeing you in that jail cell. Had me wondering uh, who the hell you were, and you made me think you were the next Bob. So ah. you put an impression on me, and I'm so glad to have you as the first guest on the show. Uh, Tom, you have any thoughts for us? Say hello. When we saw you for the first time in, in, in episode two, I mean, it was such an iconic moment. And your name wasn't in the credits, your character. We didn't really know who you were or what you were until part eight. Can you tell us a little bit how you became involved in the show? Certainly. Um, well, I saw a listing for it on a subscription service that I use called LA Casting, which is a service a lot of people use here, both for background and principal roles. And uh, they were looking, there was nothing about David Lynch or Twin Peaks, only that they were looking for certain character types or a character type, you know, that I thought I fit. So I submitted and. Uh, Got a text back a little while later, you know, asking for, I believe at that point, they wanted to see a short video, uh, just saying hello to David. I, pr- I probably knew at this point it was David Lynch. So just a short video, basically saying my name and hello to David. And um, I did maybe two or three takes. I didn't want to be elab- too elaborate or anything like that. I wanted to keep it natural. And uh, my tape or, you know, recording was less than five seconds. And uh, it was great that I got the gig because when I met, you know, a couple of the other guys later on, they went to a little more elaboration, you know, or or they elaborated more in their audition. Can you talk about a little bit of what the other guys did? Did they they dress up? Oh, well, you know, I couldn't really (laughs) even tell you. I never saw them. They didn't see mine either, you know. Um, but you know, I, I know that, uh, you know, someone like, you know, entered the scene, you know, like from not being on camera to walking on camera, you know, and maybe set something up besides that, you know, I'm not really sure. Um, but like I say, I just kept mine as simple as possible and, uh, you know, got, got the gig. So, you know, whatever I did worked, you know, it was enough for David Lynch to get an idea of, you know, who he was going to hire, you know, and for what. Yeah. When did you find out? How long did it take for you to get the role? And how long did it, do you find out? Like, you know, I would imagine you had to watch the series, you know, and then eventually you start to see that your character is actually a big influence. It's a big, it's a big character, even though you have no speaking roles. Can you talk about that experience for you? Well, I mean, that was, 
pleasantly surprising to say the least. I mean, that's an under. Were you shocked? Yeah. What, oh, what yes. happened? Your oh, phone start blowing up. Everybody calling, freaking out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it was people that knew me knew it was me. I mean, um, a lot of people that know me didn't know it was me. You know, I mean, the makeup and the eyes and being caught up in the moment as well. So I wasn't that easily recognized, I don't think. But just the same, yeah. I mean, people that are in the industry that I know, they all knew it was me. But, oh, it was such a surprise. Um, You know, first I had a lot of anxiety leading up to those, you know, to the premiere. And not knowing if I'd be in it at all. Um, Having doubts that I was even that I even made the cut for that matter you know I really didn't know and when I finally did see it on screen it was just pure delight because I knew that one way or the other that what we did was important you know that it was going to have something to do with the story at you know whenever we appeared but that's all I knew I didn't know anything the first thing about the story and I had no idea that there were, you know, multiple Coopers or, or anything else for that matter. The only thing I knew was the scenes that I was in, you know, and that was it, period. You know, I had my imagination went to work on what this could be or what that might be or how this is going to connect or that was going to connect. But I was completely wrong and taken by surprise like everybody else. But the only thing that I was anticipating right away is what was in part 17 um when we were in the sheriff's office there were three of us there and that was christian calloway gabriel lane or Giannis, and myself and uh, i knew that was going to have a big play in the story or have a play in the story and but i didn't know how the story was constructed by any means i kept expecting to see those scenes really from about the third episode on you know, thinking, well, this Dougie guy can't last long, you know, know? but boy, was I wrong, and pleasantly, so pleasantly surprised, I mean, I loved the story, I loved Dougie, I loved Janie, I loved, you know, his boss, Um, you know, everything about it, Uh, that whole, all the actors and their roles, and just the way Dougie was treated, just the absurdity in the whole thing, you know, is how I saw it at first. And but the con, you know how the actors and especially Naomi Watts, um, oh and Don Murray as well, you know that to them I mean they were devoted to Dougie, it was it was something to see I loved it you know I really did. Well, Stuart, how much time passed from when you actually received word that you were cast uh, until the moment that you actually uh, showed up on set? I believe the original submissions were probably in September of 2015. But I don't remember if I heard back right away. It had probably been a little while uh, before they had asked for that video. Then after that, or maybe even before that, I was more aware that, well, they were using the word woodsman. Of course, I didn't really know what a woodsman was. I thought maybe that was the title of a movie, um, you know, or maybe it was part of some other film or something like that. I didn't Did really... you do any research, any uh, Twin Peaks research? Well, to I see if you didn't know, yeah. quite know it was for Twin Peaks yet, you know, yeah, to be okay. honest. Twin Peaks was mentioned, but I honestly, the way everything was worded, and this was, you know, coming from casting director and casting company, um, 
The way it was worded, I thought they were kind of letting me know who David Lynch was if I didn't already, you know, that he was associated with Twin Peaks. Because what's a woodsman have to do with any of this? I had no idea. So, um, yeah, most of it was a surprise. Uh, they did talk about it being a recurring role. It became very obvious very fast. They didn't want us discussing any of this with anybody. It was always kind of a kick for me because I was, you know, working background in other uh, series, films, you know, whatever. I was busy through that period. And I'd be on a set somewhere, be lining up for wardrobe or whatever it may be. And inevitably, somebody would always say, always, and proudly, quite proudly, that they had just worked on Twin Peaks. They were just directed by David Lynch. I had one guy, uh, I won't say who it was, but he knows who it was, um, <laughs> who told me that David Lynch told him he was the best actor he ever worked with. You know, I mean, seriously, he did say this in all seriousness. And, you know, I waited and I waited and I waited. And he was actually, when I saw him, I won't even tell you what part he was in. But when I finally saw him, and saw what he, his part, now I don't know what was cut, you know, I have no idea what might have been cut, you know, so there might have been more to his scene, but I think he might have been taking Lynch's humor as, you know, a literal sort of thing, I don't really know, but like I say, when the scene rolled around, and other people's scenes rolled around, it wasn't, you know, it was significant to a point, but not quite like, you know, the build-up. So I just kind of kept quiet, just waited and waited and, you know, and waited some more and, you know, kept watching uh, the rollout for the show, the way that they were using Showtime, the way they were using YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and uh, the any little hint towards, you know, the new season never really included new characters until maybe a little later on when you saw... Daria and maybe the lady running down the hallway. Some of those promos on Showtime are really, you've got to feel good looking at those things because it's, you've got all the kudos. It's going to blow your mind. The best show on television. I mean, does it feel great to, to be a, when did you realize that you're a part of something really special well, here? Like this, uh, probably yeah. after the premiere, you know, I mean, it didn't yeah. take long with uh, the reaction and response and, the press and everything. Yeah, you I, went to the premiere, got to see yourself uh, on the big screen as well. Yeah, right? I wish I could say I went to the premiere. Oh, you didn't get to go. That's too no, bad. no, no, no. I was uh, well, you know, um, yeah, I wasn't uh, invited to the premiere. Was it because your character was so mysterious that they uh, didn't no, want you? Uh, I would say, when I don't mean this in any sort of offensive way, but I was an uncredited extra on that show. Oh, you know. that's what I mean. They should have given you guys credits, man. I couldn't believe it. I kept waiting for at least the last episode for them to finally reveal who the woodsmen were and what their well, names were. You know, Is that like a, a SAG sort of no. legal thing? Or could they, <laughs> they just decided know. not to? Yeah, because why, why would they not? I well, would think I, would, they would, I would say yeah. the latter of what you just said. You know, uh, I don't want to make waves. I, I'm not going to make waves. No, SAG rules would say if you didn't speak, they don't have to upgrade you. Did Senior Rita Dido, did, did she have the line? She got credited. Uh, I suppose she did. She I mean, did, yeah. They, <laughs> I don't want to start a controversy here, but yeah, I think, I think yeah. that you're a very unique um, quote-unquote background actor that really was uh, you know, a main sure. character. You know? So that's, that, is, that is surprising well, it's, that you didn't get uh, you know, It's a two-sided coin. 
You know, I mean, I, yeah. I really have to be totally grateful that David Lynch used me the way he did. Obviously, if that jail cell scene didn't appear, um, it would have been, you know, if someone else was playing that part, um, you know, I wouldn't be getting this attention, obviously. So I'm grateful that he did use me. I'm grateful the way it all turned out. Of course, I'm not happy that I wasn't credited and that I'm, you know, not part of the actual, you know, principal cast um, or invited to the functions that they go to. That's part of the job, you know. Hey, listen, I was Woodsman on... Woodsman discrimination, man. Woodsman discrimination. Well, <laughs> tell you, you what? Know, We've got um, some problems here in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you could talk to a lot of people that know more about the, the union than I do. I've, I've been in the union since 2010. And, um, you know, what can I say? They don't do much for background. Yeah, they don't. You know, yeah. Well, you I might mean, have been it, background, but uh, your impression or the impression your character made, not only on Murphy and I, I think on millions of Twin Peaks fans will last an eternity. Well, hey, and I'm grateful for it. Now it's kind of up to me to make it, uh, you know, a springboard. Of course, doing these interviews and things is awesome. Um, I know in Well, the good thing ways, also, Stuart, is that we're obsessive fans, so we will always look you up. We'll find you. The Twin Peaks community. Yeah, well, hey, like I say, I, you know. We'll I, find you and praise you. Sure, well, I totally, <laughs> believe another. me, believe me, there's nothing I like hearing more than what you're saying, <laughs> you know, and there, there's nothing less I want to do than piss off David Lynch or Sabrina Sutherland. No, none of us want to do that. Yes, we all love the very, yeah, very much. I mean, we want season four. We want to see you show up in season yeah, four as well you know, in a couple um, of years. So. I'd love to do it. You know, I hope I'm still able to do it by the time they're ready to actually you know, commit to it, if and when they do commit to it. And yeah. if and when they're going to use Woodsman, and if and when they want to use me, you know, I'll be I'll be there. You know, I mean, I might show up in a steel wheelchair, but I'll be there. You know, <laughs> we may all show up in a so, steel wheelchair. We've been yeah, doing this podcast knows? from a steel wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? You know, it could be an iron lung too at that point. Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever shown a script at any no. point? No, I. You know, I really didn't need to see a script or sides, as they would be called. No, I really didn't need it. Uh, I don't think any of us did, uh, at least in the scenes I was involved in. It was mostly about the action. There was no uh, dialogue in in the scenes that I was in. So, you know, the direction could, you know, David Lynch could speak to us while film was rolling. He could spontaneously want us to do whatever he'd like, you know, uh, which I loved, actually. I love that kind of direction. And so by the seat of your pants, but you're, you're in it 100%, you know, uh, and beyond. Um, for me, it, it, I loved it. I absolutely feel like I became a better actor because of it, you know, just walking out of it. It was like uh, being in school for a while, it, you know, even though it wasn't, you know, it was totally a gig and totally trusted to, you know, to take that direction, whatever it was. But I guarantee you on everything I've done since, I've been a little better at what I do, probably been more featured than I was previously, or at least I was when I'm dying up here, um, you know, as well as just one scene I had in a, in one of the episodes of Kingdom. I'm, are you familiar with that show? They just had their final season. Uh, no, not Kingdom. I've, obviously, I'm dying up here, but I've never talked yeah, about that. Yeah, Kingdom was on the Audience Network. Very highly praised uh, 
dramatic series about the MMA, that sort of thing. Uh, okay, yeah. So, but you know, very you know, family oriented, <laughs> R-rated family oriented inside. But kind of getting back to the other thing, I don't want to single Twin Peaks out as being, you know, like, yeah, they should have treated me better and done all of this. That's kind of the way it works. On I'm Dying Up Here, I worked 20 days on that show. I worked a total of six days, by the way, on Twin Peaks. I believe it was six. Um, like I say, I'm Dying Up Here 20. The movie, The House, uh, Will Ferrell, Amy Polar thing, which I haven't even seen. You know, I worked a good nine days on. There's other things I worked at least as much as I did on Twin Peaks. And like I say, others where I worked more, where I was featured more, where I've had lines uh, taken away. I, I was in a movie several years ago where I was the, again, the only background, a movie called Any Day. Uh, and that was with Sean Bean, Kate Walsh, Ava Longoria, and Tom Arnold. And basically me and a couple day players who were, you know, also considered principal. They have lines and such. But I was the only non-speaking uh, non person in the room. And I was supposed to be Kate Walsh's, Walsh's work buddy. And she instantly put her faith in me and just started improvising with me right away. Now, at first, I was just kind of mouthing, miming. I mean, that's what I do. That's my job, you know. And the director, right away. Um, said it in, he needed the room to be more lively. Now, I was the only one that wasn't using my voice. So I took that as a cue, especially I'm sitting between Tom Arnold and Kate Walsh in a living room. It's, uh, you know, we've just had dinner, we're drinking wine, we're starting to party. And I'm kind of like uh, Kate Walsh's safety guard uh, between, you know, she may want to go out with Tom Arnold, maybe she doesn't, but I'm her buddy, I'm there to kind of, you know, make sure nothing happens that she doesn't want to happen. So I'm between them. They're both improvising with me. So I just start improvising with them. Well, I found out later on from SAG, I found out the hard way that I volunteered my dialogue because I was never given a line. I was never told what oh, to say. God. So they didn't pay me for it and, and that sag, seems to really be damaging sag for was, improvisational actors yeah. like improvisational directors That's well crazy. you know uh, then again uh, if an actor knows they're going to be speaking going in they would be contracted as such you know right from the start what i am saying is they had a choice too they chose yeah. not to pay me it comes down to dollars and cents I've had dialogue put in my mouth, taken away, taken away from my mouth since I almost since I started doing this. So I'm not unaccustomed to what can happen and what you should know going into a job as an extra that, you know, unless they really take it upon themselves and just really fall in love with you or whatever, you know, the case may be, you're going to leave as an extra. I've never been invited to a rap party, and I don't know too many extras that have, you know, or a premiere or anything else that was really strictly a cast thing. And if uh, I know the first time dialogue was put in my mouth was on CSI New York a good eight, nine years ago by now. And it was just me and Gary Sinise in a room, and this was the first time I was featured on anything where it was just me and the start of the show and it was just the two of us on a set it was supposed to be in a uh, 
uh, hallway leading up to a uh, apartment, you know, that uh, a victim, murder victim, had lived in. And I'm the manager of the apartment, slumlord. And I uh, was told right away that we're going to do this without sound. And you, you know the expression for that in film? It's MOS, MOS, without sound, you know, um, taken after European, you know, or German sound guy who said his width as mit, you know, so they just kind of adopted okay. it. And so, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, so I, I felt so hip and cool because I knew what MOS meant, you know. So, hey, I'm down with that. And um, so we rehearse the scene, and we're just nodding at each other, you know, and we walk down the hallway. I've got a set of keys to open the door. There's a steady cam over my back shoulder. And um, anyway, we go in the apartment, and we're just nodding. No words from either one of us. A couple months go by. The scene comes on. You know, I'm on screen a good 10, 15 seconds with him. And in that time, every time my head is turned away from the camera, there's a voice with a New York accent coming out of it. And um, and I didn't even oh I didn't even catch it the first time because I wasn't looking or listening for it at all. And then all of a sudden, I see on Facebook or something, someone said, "Hey, you were great. I didn't know you had that good a New York accent." And I'm saying, "What? What are you talking about?" So I, you know, and of course I recorded it. I rewound it and I heard it. And like I say, every time my head was turned and you didn't see my mouth, you heard words coming out of it. Well, you know, I was being encouraged to call SAG. And I was still non-union, by the way, at this point. And um, and I didn't get a Taft-Hartley for that either, which would have meant that I would have had a, a voucher to join the union. So this is just how tight they can be. Oh, um, brutal. Yeah, So so that was the beginning. You know, and now that I've had that happen, oh, and I've had it happen since. So, you know, there's, you know, there's all this good and bad. So, like I say, hey, if not for that role, uncredited or not, I wouldn't be talking to you right now, would I? <laughs> you know? Well, there's I mean, always, that's... Stuart, there's always the, uh, there's always going to be a Twin Peaks festival. There was one just in the UK, I think, last weekend. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's a big festival in Snoqualmie every year. I would bet that these organizers were going to put a call out to you at some point and invite you. And if they did, would you show up? Oh, absolutely, I'd show up. Yeah, I sure. can't imagine that. you show up. I mean, Woodsman number one, so iconic. I mean, I well, think that... You know, uh, I, I, I yes, really appreciate that. You know. The campaign, bring the Woodsman. Yeah, bring Stuart <laughs> to the Twin Peaks Festival. Yeah. I think we need to get we'll bring you to the Twin Peaks Festival. Murph and I are planning to go this year. We'll bring you to the Twin Peaks Festival. You know, I, I will never turn down an invitation. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you know, uh, But it's got to be an invitation. Well, back know. to Twin Peaks for a Wait. second. Um, your first day on the set was... Yes. On location, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. In fact, the first day of work, like, you know, you never forget the day. It was October 29th of 2015. Easy because of two things. I mean, it was the first time in that wardrobe and, you know, makeup and hair uh, as a woodsman. First time working with David Lynch. Um, It was the night Robert Broski got to say got a light. Uh, you know, we were out in the desert, and it was two days before Halloween. You, you better believe I was thinking, you know, I'm going to be a woodsman on Halloween. <laughs> I wanted them to let me go home like that, you know, yeah, which man. there was not a chance in the world they were going to even let someone outside of their 
you know, production even see me like that. So you were in part um, eight then, because I don't remember seeing you. In, well, uh, in that, I, I saw you when Mr. C was shot, and you, right. I think you were one of the woodsmen who would kind of ritualistically dancing around him, but I didn't you see you yeah, in the New Ray. Mexico uh, scenes. Is that true? Well, I was there. There were four of us that night. And again, that was the first night for any of the woodsmen uh, in Southern California. And um, so there were four of us, and it was Robert Broski, Christian Calloway, myself, and one other fellow whose name I just don't remember. It may have been Jerry. It might have been Steve. You know, we, I, I might have seen him one time after that. But anyway, um, once we were, um, you know, in our final final wardrobe and stuff, you know, because that was the first day and there hadn't been a previous fitting. At least for me, there hadn't been a previous fitting. So, you know, it took him a while to get everything right. And once that was done, uh, they shuttled us out to, uh, you know, the location where that those scenes were filmed. And four of us, you know, kind of waited for them to be ready for us. And uh, when they brought us out, it was probably right around dusk. And we stood on the road in a, in a row, four of us in a row with David Lynch and whoever else was standing with him. And um, he looked over the four of us and greeted us. Uh, it was the second time we greeted. We did greet in the afternoon, you know, when we first got there, when he first came in, actually. And um, so at that point, he looks us over and he looks at Robert Broski and he just says to him, can you say got a light? <laughs> you know, and um, he just decided right fucking there. He brought you out there and he just looked at him and said, OK, you. That's yes, sir. Does, huh? So <laughs> yeah. he got an upgrade. Did he have you smoke? Did he like all you guys line up with cigarettes in your mouths? And no, <laughs> no, he, he didn't. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been, hey, I might have stood a better chance. But no, he, you know, he kind of knew what he wanted. He picked uh, Broski and, uh, and that was also Christian that were at the main car. And then the two of us that weren't in the scene or we're in the deep background uh, were by the second car. There were two cars in that scene. There was another one. You basically just seen the headlights. Well, we were stationed or positioned pretty close to that car and then kind of creeped our way over towards the main car a little bit but all you probably really see of us you, you probably don't you're just seeing the lights flashing from the headlights of the car as we walk in front of them just to kind of create a little effect there if nothing else i love that just invisible woodsman in the dark yeah. scenes we don't even, we aren't even sure they're there but you're out there but That's you know part of the beauty of this entire experience and is being a fly on the wall you know being an extra you are a fly on the wall if you're lucky enough and care about it enough to be allowed to be on set when you're not being used you know a lot of productions just keep you away and away and away until they need you they bring you in usually in a big group or something shoot your scenes and then send you back to holding so you really don't know what's going on um david lynch was much more generous in that regard any observations uh, about the set that you can talk about well any, uh, anything? such Funny, as 
Um, I don't know. Well, we love David Lynch, so yeah. I know you can't talk about his directorial style necessarily in detail, but any sort of tidbits or uh, little bits of information about David and how he treated you? Oh, and, well, you know, my goodness. Uh, with such respect and um, always with a smile and a handshake and very, uh, he you know, he knows what he wants at all times. There's not le- not a lot left to your imagination. I felt for myself, you know, I pretty much connected on the first take most of the time. You know, we rarely did more than two or three takes of anything. You know, there was rehearsal time, you know, to get it right. But uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I can say, because I've heard other people talk about him using his megaphone, um, <laughs> which I love. He used it on you? Did he use it on in you guys? In the prison scene, yeah, in yeah. the jail cell scene, he the absolutely scene, yeah. did. <laughs> You know, I mean, hold it, don't move. Yeah. Was he doing that? Like, <laughs> well, hold, that, you know. hold that pose. <laughs> How long did you hold that pose? Oh, <laughs> it felt like a long time. Um, oh, maybe, you know, I'm sure longer than it really appears. So, probably 45 seconds to a minute, perhaps. Whoa. Now, what I can say is on the, on the first take, um, he liked it. I liked it. I felt like I nailed it. You know, I mean, I was able to, you know, hold hold everything pretty steady. But there was a little bump in the track. So, um, you know, I suppose it was Peter Deming that, you know. Yes, Peter Deming's fault. Oh, he did, man. I'll be pissed at him forever now, you know. <laughs> he ruined my night. You know? No, not at all. No, it was awesome, really. So it probably took him, you know, maybe 20 minutes at most, you know, to relay the track. It's got to be, you know, completely level and balanced. Uh, which, you know, those guys are masters at, so, you know, it didn't take them long at all. But it meant doing a couple more takes, which I believe is, I know it's exactly what we did, was a total of three takes. I don't know which one was used, you know, but I will say by the third take, it was getting more uncomfortable to hold that position or those positions. But hey, like I say, I had no idea of the impact well you know for one that they would even keep me in the scene you know uh i've had an experience or two talk about other things i won't stray too far but the show vegas uh the thing with dennis quaid that was on i was cast to do something i you know i don't know it was a much straighter part my hair was shorter and you know i looked more like a citizen of the 60s anyway they had me audition in front of the director and um oh and they also dyed my hair i submitted i agreed to so much back then and they were auditioning me like the night before they were going to shoot early in the morning so it was kind of too late for them not to use me they already had to pay me union rules that would be a good thing so but they recast me in the morning they did have somebody come and do that part and i just kind of sat in holding all day you know, honestly, that's exactly what I did. I sat there for eight hours and never got used at all because they had to pay me anyway, <laughs> you know. And I never said they had to pay me. I mean, that's the rule. They booked me and they had me be there, but I was replaced. So, of course, I had thoughts that maybe I was replaced for that jail cell scene. But, yeah, that was the scene, you know, that really changed things. Well, when know? did you find out about that scene? Like you mentioned about Robert Broski, you were standing with other woodsman and lynch i don't know if he knew at that point that broski was going to be the god of light guy or if it just came to lynch spontaneously but when did you know that you were going to be 
just one there's going to be just you in that jail cell was there any one-on-one with lynch or you just got a call to show up that day yeah i believe that was it in fact uh you know i'll go one further here this is almost like the the hollywood story or the broadway story where the you know star of the show breaks a leg and now the stand-in or you know or whoever has to you know take over the part and gets a rave review all about eve syndrome all about, all about Eve. Eve. There you go. Christian Calloway told me that he was called to do that scene, but he was already booked for something. Oh, oh. serendipity. So you got it. That was genius. Yeah. So, because you were the first image. That's the thing. You're the first image of a, uh, of a Lodgian otherworldly uh, entity in the new Twin Peaks. So you captured our imagination. I thought you were going to end up in like a mirror at some point, like Bob, like inhabiting <laughs> Matthew Lillard. We were calling you Sooty. We were calling you Mr. Balloonhead. We didn't know oh, what to yeah. call you because your head floated right. away. Uh, and you were just, uh, I literally would go back to that scene and uh, watch it over and over because um, it was so terrifying. Did, like your, the way your face was frozen, did he, did he direct you to, to bake that face or did you do that yourself? I'd say it was a combination. Was I'd say it was a combination yeah. of things. I'd been, you know, the, the <clears throat> makeup um hair wardrobe it, it it's my it affects me you know no matter what it is and for that you know as the woodsman it was still very new to me at that point i kind of started working my eyes i'd been using my eyes you know uh, emphasizing things with my eyes you know for some time um, not to that extreme by any means, but you know, that's your tool when you can't speak, but you staff still have to express yourself. Your eyes are your best tool in film, you know, no doubt about it. I'm going with the less is more theory for film, which is very true, you know, as opposed to stage acting, which is really where I started as a theater major. And, um, you know, things are much broader on stage or in stand-up comedy, which I took a crack at and had friends that were stand-ups. Film acting is a much more subtle craft in art. Well, I know you, Stuart, I, can't, I know you can't talk about the makeup specifically, but can you mention how long it took to get you ready as the woodsman? Well, uh, in the beginning, it was at least two to three hours. Oh, wow. You know, the very beginning. Wow. Um, after that, it got to be a little quicker. Uh, it was similar in taking it off, believe it or not. It, it wasn't anything you could just take off with cold cream or something. So there was a bit of a process, and then they'd shampoo, you know, our hair before we'd leave and all that. So Did it smell like scorched oil? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah, it was uh, Castrol 2050, my favorite, you know. No, I mean, far from it, far from it, you know, Just yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, that, oh, that was so funny to me in the beginning, reading what people really thought it was motor oil, you know, <laughs> I mean, I still, yeah. still laughing at some of these things. Oh, and people thought it wasn't my eyes. People actually thought there was like prosthetic over my eyelids. Yeah, or like a color correction of yeah, some I re- kind. I read uh, that. It was really, uh, yeah, it really was. Uh, and the way, I think your face, like the way you froze your mouth, like in this kind of, I don't know, frozen. It's like you were dead, but you weren't. Well, you know. And uh, that, uh, not just the eyes, it was the whole thing you did Yeah, there. well, you know, it was a contorted position, you know, contorted posture yeah. for sure. And, you know, in my own head, I mean... You know, the direction didn't necessarily indicate this, but 
you know, for myself, uh, I was just, you know, listening with my eyes. I mean, that was kind of my my attitude, yeah. you know, while the scene was taking place, um, you know, and just putting as much into my eyeballs as I could, you know. Um, like I say, the, the position I'm sitting in, where I'm sitting, all of that was... You know, that was all staged, of course. And and you Matthew know. Lillard was on set too, right? Because the camera started on him and then tracked yes. to you. Is that correct? As far as I recall, yeah, it had to be. He had to be. I mean, I was there. What was really kind of fun, like I say, he kind of let me be a fly on the wall. I was the only extra that day or that night anyway. So, you know, I was uh, inside the jailhouse you know, reading a book at times or just kind of try, staying out of the way. But, you know, as they were close to being ready to use me. And uh, so, yeah, I got to see some of the other actors. Um, <laughs> I know that I, you know, never meant to. Um, but while I was sitting and reading in one of the rooms they weren't using is, remember the, the actress, you know, very nice woman uh, whose name I can't think of but you know she played Matthew Lillard's wife she, you Phyllis, know, yeah. she just happened to walk in where I was reading and I looked up at her and I'm not thinking about it I'm wearing my glasses I'm reading <laughs> scared the but you're in costume yeah, scared the heck out of her I think she like jumped you know just you know went yeah. up in the air and she wasn't the only one you know I mean there was probably another person or two that night you know, I mean, you saw what it looked like. I mean, it did look and feel like that. You know, there was this old and musty and dark and, you know, uh, you know, just the whole the whole essence of that room. Did you know that at building. that point that you were a woodsman? No, no. Well, well, probably. Actually, sure I did. Okay. Yeah, I knew we were woodsmen before the first day. Sometime before the first day. It was pretty much clarified well because it, did you, you know, ever see twin peaks fire walk with me i did but i wasn't i didn't take it all that serious when i saw oh, it. oh uh, okay because you know. there yeah you're a way more scary woodsman than the jurgen oh, yeah there was jurgen proc now in another know, character way, way, way. i just they want were to hear that i you know yeah. scarier than the stephen Clint, uh king it you know clown at some point <laughs> hey, well, that's what I was gonna gonna offer uh, the, this Halloween on the streets of Los Angeles. It's gonna be the It Clowns versus the Woodsman. I was wondering if I could get you out there to help settle the score on the side of the Woodsman. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's gonna be a vicious street fight. Yeah, I might go some fud if I go out, but uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it so, should be fun. I mean, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing pictures of uh, people dressed as woodsmen. I mean, you know, at, at the festivals and some of the parties and whatever else people are having. I'm certain certainly seeing pictures of people as woodsmen you know at the at the festivals and like i'm saying you know uh whatever other events have been going on so i'm certainly getting a kick out of it and you know of course we have a catchphrase uh that's probably gonna you know yeah well, forever got a light you're gonna heal it up yes street. sir you know i see it a lot on facebook it doesn't matter what i <laughs> post or what someone else posts got someone's light. gonna got post you know or comment got <laughs> a light it. you know so, yeah, but it's fun. Hey, you know, how many people can say they have a catchphrase? So that's, Right. Seriously, yeah, I mean, and a legendary yeah, catchphrase. Yeah, glad man. to be part of that in, in, in more ways than I can describe, really, you know. What other, what other bad guys in this series stood out for you? Like, you know, Sarah Palmer, I think, was Ooh. another scary as hell uh, star She was, and plus, series, yeah. she's such a brilliant actress. 
that Grace oh Lebrinsky, my goodness yes. I mean so yeah seeing her take that on was like oh my god Dude. you know yeah um, and the jumping man like seeing the jumping man was really that was a scary ass version of a jumping man we saw him twice yeah. Well, you know, um, well, Bad Cooper, Box Bad Master. Cooper, you yeah. know, Mr. C, yeah. Mr. C. I yeah. mean, he was terrifying. Did you get to arm wrestle him on set at oh, all? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, yeah, sure. I, re- I worked uh, in that part of the script with him in rehearsals. Yeah, you know, I tra- helped him train for a few days, you know. Back to yeah, I ground all his yeah. coffee yeah. for him, and you know, just yeah. No, <laughs> no. Did you, were you ever like on set, like during breaks? By like the way, said, well, let, the let's the clarify that I was nowhere near any of those scenes. You know, so yeah, no, okay, we were just kidding. So yeah, we were, so. uh, we were, we're, yeah. we're throwing that out there. But did, but was there ever a time when you're, you know, in between scenes and you're sitting around with the other woodsmen and you don't really, all you know is what you yeah. know. And you're just looking at each other going, like, what the fuck are we doing? At times. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it must have a, a, a wild feeling to not know what you're doing, but put your hand, hand, yourself in the hands of a right. master like that. Which is it, perfectly you know? fine with me every day at work. I, I really try to adapt to the, to the moment, with the moment. You know, it's kind of the greatest thing about doing this. Every day is different. Every part is different. Uh, that was, there was a lot more action uh, for me, you know, running through the woods, circling Ray, the things we were doing, even with Cooper in Part 17, I mean, that was mostly physical action. The only time it wasn't, or I wasn't, was in the jail cell. So I really enjoy that sort of thing, you know. And you had no idea that you were pulling the bob or oh, out God, of no. Coop and of putting it back. Not. You didn't know what the hell you were doing. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what did it feel like to see that, to see Bob's face? You're like, oh, okay. That's yeah, what we were doing. I mean, you know, I saw it with everybody else, you know. And, we, and every part of this 18 hours, I saw it with, you know, uh, with the world, basically. Did you, so, uh, Stuart, meet Mark Frost on set or see him on set at any time? I saw him, but I don't believe we ever met. You know, okay. if we did, it was very brief. I, I may not have known who he was at that moment. I mean, I knew his name and I knew what he did, but I might not have recognized the face with the name. And um, the work you did, um, interiors, was it like, I know the jail cell, I don't think that was a soundstage, or was it a soundstage? No, that was on location. Okay, but the, yeah. the scene at the sheriff's station in Part 17, I'm assuming that was a soundstage. Yes, it was. So there were yeah. other locations or other sets as well did you were you able to see you know in between the the time that you were filming the other se- uh, scenes other sets or is that something you can talk about well uh, you know i mean the stairwell i was in the staircase so right. i knew where that was you know right, um, right. <laughs> i got a peek at the red room i mean oh. it was almost like here you guys want to see this you know and then you're gonna have to go away and certainly you can't take any pictures or anything like that. Right. No pictures were allowed ever, really. How big is it? Can oh, you tell God, us that? Oh, no, like, I don't even want to guess. get into it. Uh, but yeah. I will say I no got idea. to take a peek it's at it, tell. and it was quite brilliant to look at, you know. I mean, it looked just like what you see. Uh, what was even kind of more fun for me was um, at the stages, more so than locations, um, you know, they would, again, because David Lynch, and there were only a few of us. There were never, ah, there were only two times, I think there were more than three of us, you know, three woodsmen, and, and really no other background, at least when we worked. So we 
you know, kind of be in the same holding area as the principal actors. So, you know, I got to meet and hang out a little bit with everybody from Michael Horst to Robert Forster and Jim Belushi. Uh, I got to meet Kimmy Robertson and talk with her a little bit. And, you know, various actors and actresses. And then there were the ones that I didn't know at the time. So, but like, you know, I saw as a Jake Wardle. Of course, I didn't. Freddie. Yeah. yeah. Freddie? The glove? You're like, right. who the fuck's I, I didn't know who he was. <laughs> He's your sworn enemy, uh, Stuart. Oh, well, there's co- um, We've become friends, <laughs> by the way, or Facebook friends. We've had a little oh, yeah? bit of conversation. <laughs> hey, I loved his monologue. I just messaged him and kind of thanked him for the friend, friendship or whatever, but told him how much I really enjoyed that, and I really did. That fucker Ray, uh, as well, you were friends with, uh, you knew the him because you had seen I didn't know him. I, I really, you know, the night that we met, uh, it was late. We were, you know, on a ranch uh, shooting those scenes, and uh, it, we probably met very briefly. And, you know, I wear glasses, and I'm not wearing them as a woodsman. And late at night, if it's dark, other than, you know, what they specifically have lit, I wouldn't remember his face anyway, because I probably didn't get a good look <laughs> at it, you know. That very same night, I was told that uh, the Laura Dern was there, you know, that she wasn't in the scene. She was just kind of there helping David or hanging out. I'm not really sure. I never recognized her. You know, again, late at night, no glasses on, um, at least most of the time. But I actually met George um, at uh, at a dinner a couple months back, and by chance we sat next to each other. At that, by that time, I'd already seen his film, his independent film, From the Head. Is that what it? That's it, right? From the Head, or you know, I don't yeah, know. I the believe name of that. that. Yeah, I'm not familiar I, with I it. I hope either. I'm not uh, misquoting the title. But he wrote, directed it, edited it. And, oh, and it's a great right movie. It, it really is. So I got to talk to him about that. And Matthew Lillard's in that as well. Um, and oh, David right Lynch kind of right. gave them an endorsement out. a few years ago, I guess, whenever it was done. You know, or gave George the uh, endorsement because it's kind of on the poster. You know, David Lynch's quote. And so many fine character actors in, in this film. But we met at the dinner. And then kind of, you know, reminded, yeah, we met that night, but no, I didn't know it was him until I actually saw part eight. Now, Stuart, in part eight as well, the actual first time we see the convenience store with about, I'm guessing, two dozen woodsmen. Were you one of those woodsmen? No, uh, I wasn't there. Uh, I don't, uh, uh, that was shot, I believe that was shot in Washington. Oh, that's right. That was on location when they were shooting the Twin Peaks scenes in Washington State, right? Right. Your first day was in California when they had already left. Okay, all right. Yeah, um, you know, I remember them kind of saying that, you know, they had just packed up. They'd done all their, you know, shooting up there, or at least at that time. And, you know, that they'd worked with some guys up there as woodsmen before us, so there was a crew. So I was expecting to see them at some point, and that, that was precisely when and where but like you said earlier you were in the convenience store in part 11 i believe when cole is just about to enter the zone you're one of the three woodsmen i believe on the left hand side um on the staircase yeah i'm at the top of the stairs top left now was there a like i don't want to get into specifics with the direction but um your placement obviously i'm assuming it was specific per lynch's desire um was there anything like in the jail cell 
Um, I know it wasn't just you in that scene where you were allowed to maybe elaborate a little bit, even though you weren't speaking with your oh my presence. God, that, that scene was, wasn't that scene only like a second or two? I mean, yeah, literally. it was, but it was so, for me, it was so powerful because just to see you all, we didn't know it was the convenience store at that point, That's the power but I've looked David at that Lynch. image so many times. I think we have it as one of our um, little icons on one of our podcasts because oh. we just love that image so, yeah. so much. Uh, in fact, I got the Mount Rushmore of Whitman. <laughs> I, I gotta say, that <laughs> was that scene. When I saw that scene, and again, I watched it first at home. Then I went later on that evening, and I actually went to a viewing party at Josh Eisenstadt's house. And you know, Josh, do you guys know? No, who's, who's um, that? Well, he's friends with a lot of these folks. He's a film director himself, independent film director. Wait, but is he the guy who did the Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me documentary years ago? I believe ago? so. Again, this yeah. long yeah, before I walked into yeah. this picture. Yeah, you know, so yeah. I, I can't tell you much of the history there. But Josh is, I mean, he's certainly friends with everybody. Yeah, I think he's been in the Twin Peaks community for a long time. I would think so. Yeah. You know, and he's a hell of a guy. I mean, I really like him. So I went over there, and now I'm watching part 11 with them. And, you know, with, with them, meaning Josh and some of his friends who were other, you know, peakers. Uh, you know, I'll call them peakers. <laughs> um, and so we're, oh, and Christoph was there too as well. So I met Ike the Spike that night, you know, another oh, great Ike. guy, you know. <laughs> so, so we're watching, and when that scene came up, and I'm kind of watching Josh kind of look my way, he's looking at me, and I'm just kind of staying, you know, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm not letting on anything, you know. But when I left, and this was more like from just experience of all the things I've been in, and I've been in a lot of things where scenes only lasted a second or two, you know, no longer than that staircase scene, that were totally forgotten about or people never realized it was me. Uh, not talking about Twin Peaks. I'm talking about, you know, it could have been anything from... You know, you name it. And if I was in it, no one knew I was in it, you know, for the most <laughs> part. So, and with the scene that length, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. Well, that was kind of a nothing burger. And by the time I got home, I saw one shot of that scene after another with the drawings, of course, because the uh, paper, um, the wallpaper matching the yeah. the picture that was given to Laura Palmer, right, in Firewalk mm -hmm. with me. And there was also what looked like uh, the mushroom cloud, the stain right, in the wall. Right, looked yeah. like the stain mushroom in the cloud. wall. So, of course, I didn't know any of this when it was actually being filmed, you know, um, or any significance, or even that it was there. I don't know if it was there at the time. You know, it may have been. I, it was out of my consciousness. You know, it had nothing to do with, the, with what I needed to do in the scene. So, but... So there wasn't a set designer spending hours doing well, that, that mushroom you know, cloud. Well, not like while I was there. <laughs> they just threw something you know, on the wall. I mean, yeah. they very well may have, but I wasn't in the room while they were doing it, yeah, you, you know, so I couldn't yeah. tell you. It was just a matter of them getting us where they wanted us on the stairs. And uh, when they were ready to film it, you know, once we were positioned, they had the lights done, the camera was ready and where they wanted it. As I recall, it went very quickly. Maybe, in fact, I'm pretty sure that was one take. So if that was only on, you know, on TV for a second or two, 
I doubt if we filmed it for more than 30 seconds to a minute max once it was set up. Now, it might have taken hours to set up for them, but once we were in position, it didn't take long at all. But uh, so to see it later on and see all the artwork that was done, the drawings, the pictures, the theories, all of that with that scene, it just blew me away. Yeah, I, I look at it as a pretty significant scene. Yeah, every scene you were in is iconic and terrifying. I wonder, you know, the fact that you're you, right? Yeah. Watching yourself on, you don't know when your scene's going to come up. Like, can you scare yourself? <laughs> oh, is it no. even possible? Can you, can you, yeah, can you like, you know, is it, is it, you know, that's what I'm saying. We don't, I'm not sure you know how scary you are to all of us because we saw you for the first time. You, you shocked us. You were waiting for it. I laughed you know, so. my head off when I saw <laughs> it. Literally, right? That's what I would you do know. too. Yeah, I would laugh. And, <laughs> and and when my head floated away, I laughed even harder. Right. You know? I mean, oh, Did God, you know that no, was going to happen? No, not at all. That was a complete surprise. I was almost hysterical anyway, just from seeing myself in the jail cell. For one, the relief, just the pure elation that I made the cut. Look how long I'm on there. I mean, you're looking right in my yeah, eyes. Like a well, or something. it felt that way, time. didn't it? It wasn't quite that long. Yeah, it felt like a minute. I timed it. I, I later on, not right away. How long was I it? I did time it later yeah. on. Um, to my stopwatch, from the time the camera starts tracking to the time I disappear. Oh, and I guess from my head floats away. I got 28 seconds, I think. Oh, it felt much it, longer than that. Yeah. It felt much longer. It may mm. have, in that, yeah. you know, that might have been before my head floated away. Maybe add a couple more seconds. Yeah. So maybe 30 seconds. I, I think I'm on screen by myself for about 18 to 20 seconds right in there, which was, I'm sure, the longest I've ever been on screen in that close of a shot. You know, where you're honestly looking in my eyes the whole time till I disappear. Yeah. So that was the biggest blow mind of all for me. Well, yeah, um, that when Murphy and I watched that episode, we watched all four of them. They dropped all four of them in one night. But after part two, Murphy and I talked at least 10, 15 minutes specifically on your scene and trying to speculate boy. who you were and everything. Yeah. We were like, that man is the scariest man in yeah. Twin Peaks. Well, we uh, ordained you as the new Bob. Uh, and I was like, he's even scarier than any of the other shit. The box monster. I was like, this guy you know, is yeah, freaking me out. You visited wow. me in my dreams. I mean, looking back at it right yeah. now, that also blew me away. Because that first scene in the first 20 minutes when the thing came out of the box and just tore their heads off, I, yeah. I looked at that as ultra-violence. I mean, that to me was beyond the violence I usually watch. And I'm thinking, and people thought I was scarier than that. You know, I mean, yeah. that really knocked me out. Uh, you know what knocked me out even more so? I mean, after it was all over, maybe it was before the finale. The consequence of Sound.net, they did a thing on the 10 uh, best new characters in season three. And that, and just of the new characters, but that included all of the new characters. You know, so I mean, look who you're talking about, Naomi Watts, and yeah, oh, oh my God, I mean Tim Roth, Jennifer Jason Lee. I mean, some of yeah. my absolute favorite character actors, just favorite actors, period. You know, were in this show this season. 
and I'm reading down the list because it went from 10 to number one and I'm reading through it and I'm reading through it and I get to number two and I still didn't see us. <laughs> and all of a sudden it was like, you know, being, you know, when you hear the runner up for Miss America, you know who Miss America is, right? You know, <laughs> and that's what it felt like. Holy yeah, and shit. all of a sudden it was almost like, you know, that feeling was something else too. And, and right away they talked about my jail scene. You know, hey, and you know what? The writer never, ever mentioned my name, which is pretty true of almost every story, everything I've read online. There's only been one or two that actually used my name. Lazy journalism. Well, story, you know, sure. It's nothing to do yeah, with you, I don't know, they could have. And, and you know <laughs> what? I mean, we want to talk about lazy journalism. In part seven, um, when the woodsman walked down the hallway, uh, and then disappeared before you really got a good look at him. This was after he saw, um, you know, Colonel Briggs. You know, oh, this is the Lieutenant Knox scene when she's on the phone and he appears in the background of the morning. Right, right. Okay. right. With Adele Jones, who I've become friends with since the show, uh, since I met her. You know, great lady. Anyway, so in that scene, because his the woodsman disappeared before you really got to focus on his face, people assumed it was me. Just as soon, because, again, I was the only woodsman you had seen. And by then, most people that paid attention knew who I was or knew my name. But there was, I remember it was Vox.com. I even emailed them about that very subject. Um, not looking for any slander here. But but I emailed them to say, hey, you know, you might have wanted to check this out. That wasn't me. Anyway, and I, I it might have even been uh, Entertainment Weekly or another more major publication uh, also said, yeah, the guy from the jail cell. How hard would it have been for them to find out who it really was or wasn't? And you guys are different body frames as well. Oh, yeah. they, didn't, they just weren't even watching. Yeah. Well, you know, they, but they at that point, you'd only stuff. seen me sitting in a jail cell, too. So. There is the woodsman in part 15 when Mr. <laughs> C goes into the convenience store and the woodsman is by the... Um, I don't that know, was the, funny, isn't it? He, I mean, it's he funny kinda, because... He kind of looks like you, but obviously <laughs> it's not you. But he did look more like you than that other well, woodsman in the morgue. It wasn't obvious to everybody. <laughs> um, so people yeah, mistook him fan, for you then as well. Yeah, once again, uh, this gal on Facebook who's been you know, a great supporter and great fan, she put up that very, you know, a cell or picture, you know, screenshot from that scene with my name on it and like, you know, congratulating me again or whatever she may have said. And after what happened in part seven, where I didn't say anything until after part eight, but after part eight, once there was actually credit for Woodsman, it was Robert Broski, you know, that got the credit right. uh, and well-deserved. I mean, he was awesome in that episode. Anyway, after that, I felt like, you know, I could at least clarify a little bit where it wasn't me. And I was in some private discussion in one of the Twin Peaks groups and not really thinking in terms of me being, you know, like starting to be a celebrity or whatever it may be. Anyway, reddit.com cut and pasted one comment or, you know, that I spoke out of context. There was more, more <laughs> leading up. There was before and after. Gotcha, journalism. Yeah, they didn't use any of it. But they put up a headline saying, you know, Woodsman reveals, you know, identities of other woodsmen or something like that. Anyway, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking, oh, man, you know, that wasn't good. And I, w I was actually pissed. I was 
upset, thinking, uh, and at that point, I didn't know it was Reddit yet, because I first saw it in another group. I saw my comment in something else that I hadn't been involved in. And, and I'm getting really, and I was kind of hot with the person who put up that post and thinking they did it and, you know, sent him a message or something saying, hey, that wasn't cool, you know, this and that. He says, oh, no, I got it from reddit.com. So, yeah, you know, I hate that kind of stuff. I never wanted to do anything but keep that mystery alive. You know, in the beginning, I didn't really know what the rollout was going to be, but when it became pretty obvious that they weren't showing us, they weren't talking about us, even after I was seen, there was no mention of woodsmen. Well, I wasn't going to be the one to tell you I was a woodsman, and I never was. Uh, you didn't know I was a woodsman until after the credits of Part 8, when it became, you know, became pretty obvious that we were all woodsmen. I got a call, you know... Um, and I, I didn't mind it at all. It was a very nice call, ultimately, overall, letting me know that my words carry more weight now than they did before, <laughs> you know. Right. That, uh, you know, you can't, you know, push it in one ear and out the other. People are going to take it literally. Well, even now, they I, I still keep the mystery alive. I mean, there's... Yes, absolutely. So by the time, I guess really cutting to the chase, so by the time I saw this picture on Twitter in Part 15... And my name attached to it, I just figured I'm going to leave it alone. I'm not going to say it wasn't me. You know, wait till the whole series is over and it'll probably be forgotten about. And wouldn't you know it, as soon as part 18 was over, same woman, same fan, put up the same picture <laughs> with my name again. <laughs> yeah, this like, time thanks. I waited a couple days, but it was all over now, you know. It was final, final. Uh, and I sent her, you know, a little private message and saying, you know, that I really appreciated her support and all that, but no, that's not me. Yeah, who is the Doppel Woodsman? You never got to see your uh, Doppel no, Woodsman? I don't him? know who that was to this moment. I think all the Woodsmen would be friends. Well, you would think so, like wouldn't you? Well, I, I thought mean, at some point you all were going to get together so. and be like the final act at the Roadhouse. <laughs> yeah, that's what was, that was going to be my final question, Tom, for Stewart, is if we can get you up for the Twin Peaks Festival, get you on the list, or not us, but, you know, open, tell your story, or maybe help you uh, <laughs> promote this uh, out to the world, that maybe you'll, uh, you know, be an interest, you've got a background in I music. I do, you know, band. I do. Do you want to be in a Woodsman um, rock band? Hey, I'd be glad to come up and jam a little bit, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, Seriously. Um, yeah, I think a Woodsman yeah, rock band would be I've great. Been pl- I've been playing a little bit lately and just got a new Strat, in fact. You know, just I've just been looking for more creative outlets once again. But, yeah, I did play professionally. I mean, my first experiences, you know, on the road were, uh, you know, in pop bands, things like that, traveling through the Midwest. But, yeah, I played as a kid and carried it on for quite some time. And then, you know, ended up going into radio as a DJ, and then I kind of used my influence to sit in with some of the better bands in Reno and Tahoe from time to time. When I was looking up your IMDb page, I noticed that your first credit was Staying Alive, the great sequel to Saturday Night Fever, directed by Sly Stallone, who has one of the all-time great directorial uh, cameos in film history, in my opinion, when Travolta is walking down, yeah, Travolta's yeah, walking down sure. the sidewalk and he bumps into someone and he turns around like, hey, what are you doing? Don't touch the yeah, head. It's a total and it's Sly. Hitchcock moment. Sly turns yeah. around with his great hair and his uh, his beard and kind of sure. gives him a look. Yep, 
man, you remember that vividly. <laughs> and you know what? So do I. <laughs> I forgot that. Yeah, I don't have much of a no. life, Stuart. You know, I, that yeah. movie shows up. There were two movies at that time, Stan Alive and Oh God, You Devil. Um, and Stan Alive, that was a great experience for me. That was the first time I'd worked as an extra. Uh, you know, I'm going to do a little quick name dropping, but my roommates before that, you know, like I said, I was friends with some stand-ups. You know, I shared an apartment for a short while with Freddie Prinze, you know, became oh, wow. Chico and the Man. Wow. And, yeah. You know, hey, his yeah. best friend was actually my actual roommate, a guy named Alan Bursky, who's been, who was actually one of the youngest comics to ever go on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. So... I was, you know, kind of used to being around the, those, those folks and being around Johnny Carson and Edwin McMahon, for that matter, you know. So, being on a movie set with Travolta, sliced alone, I mean, I certainly respected it, but they weren't any bigger than anyone else that I knew. Literally, Sly's not a big but, man. Well, you know, I, I wasn't going to mess with him. You, know? <laughs> you kidding? Rocky? Rocky saw me. Come on. Hey, yo. You know. One of my one of the classics. Did, they, did he have everyone call you Sly? Did you no, have to call Sly I mean, you know, I was. It was the first time I'd been an extra. I guess what I'm getting to is I didn't nice. really know the etiquette on set, so, you know, I would talk to Travolta's for whatever reason, the uh, second AD or whoever it was who was placing us liked me. I had a lot of energy. I was, you know, a lot younger, and um, I was in scene after scene for a few days. You know, most of which aren't in the movie, by the way. And I looked, you know, I've looked many times. But I got to work pretty close to Travolta in a few scenes and see his intensity and his devotion and his process, which, you know, was very impressive. I mean, that guy was like, you know, 110% in it at all times. You know, uh, I will say that, you know, Sylvester Stallone, the thing that I remember most about him from that week or, you know, the few days I was there was that he would change his clothes, wardrobe, <laughs> from head to toe. Now, he wasn't in this movie other than the one scene you saw, but he would be like in a whole other outfit, you know? It would be uh, like cowboy boots and... You know, some sort of Western outfit. Then a couple hours later, a few hours later, he'd be like in another outfit. And I don't mean just a shirt or a jacket. The stallion's yeah. a clothes now, horse. You know, it was Makes also sense. his prime, kind of. You know, I guess he had the Rambo thing going at that point. Was above the top? Was he, over the top? You know that he might have been movie? getting ready for that movie. For any of those things, he could have been doing wardrobe tests. But as a rookie, as you know, being green <laughs> and seeing this. You know, was like, you know, coming, I just moved down here, moved back here from Lake Tahoe. I grew up here, but, you know, I just lived in a mountain place that was far from Hollywood, you know. Um, that was really, that was my takeaway, you know. Right. My takeaway with Travolta was just this total dedication. Nothing could break his concentration. And in and Stallone being the close horse, you know. <laughs> also, um, Warren Beatty uh, showed up one day, you know, to say hello to those guys, you know. But being there was like, nice. you know, that was a treat. You know, he was a legend already, and uh, you know, and still is, needless to say. Um, so yeah, it was a great experience. The on the George Burns movie, on the other hand, I think I was only there maybe maybe I was there two days for what would have been well, one of the concert scenes. But the beauty of that one for me was I was paired up 
with the head cheerleader of the then Los Angeles Raiders, who was on the cover of their brand new calendar, which had just come out for the next year, or or they were just starting to promote it. So that was kind of a big deal. So being next to her guaranteed you were going to see me you know <laughs> i was about to say it'll be easy to yeah, spot now so, yeah and sure enough you you see it. me you know i'm pretty clearly seen in that movie um you know and i had you know kind of the mustache of the day wearing a members only jacket <laughs> which was like you know you had to have one of these back then you know might be the only member left i had but, a few you yeah. know yeah um so but but yeah and that one and like i say in staying alive um yeah, just a great experience, fun experience. Uh, I I've never worked with those guys again. I don't think. Well, you know, I, a lot of people I haven't worked with twice, I guess. But you know, it's just the way it goes. You know, you never know. Um, you know, I've certainly enjoyed watching things they've done over the years. But you know, my favorite, in a nutshell, man, I could sum up so much of my favorite films all in one. And Travolta was in it with Pulp Fiction for sure um another favorite is rocky and burgess meredith going all the way back to of mice and men the twilight zones that he was in yeah uh, penguin and the original batman tv series there's nothing he did that wasn't iconic you know my favorite burgess meredith uh role is wasn't he in day of the locust as Uh, most likely oh yeah that's right that's one of my personal favorites that's right he was also in state of grace in 1992 phil juano I mean, stewed tomatoes out of a can. I'm an old man. I can't pay you rent. him down. Yeah, Mickey. I'm Mickey. Uh, hey, Rock. I thought that uh, Cooper in episode 17, when he was coaching Jake Wardle, Freddie, uh, to buy, he was kind of going into a (laughs) little little, Mickey. uh, Come on, Rock. Come on. Get him a little bit. I wouldn't doubt it. He probably just got right past me. But, uh, (laughs) you know, know, one of the first things I saw or a friend put up after – you know, the kind of explosion that happened after that, you know, after part two or parts one and two. Uh, a friend of mine who's an aspiring screenwriter, producer, and works mostly as an extra and has for a long time. But he just said, hey, if you die tomorrow, you're set. And in a way, he's right, you know. I mean, there's something to go in my, uh, you know, <laughs> when it's time to yeah. say goodbye, they'll, they'll have something to write. <laughs> Well, that's the thing about uh, the work of David Lynch. I know this is a co-production with with Mark Frost. Oh, yeah. Twin Peaks in itself, the original series, is so iconic. Now we have this 18-hour masterpiece. And like all of Lynch's work, even though I think it's it's regarded very highly, it's only going to grow in stature over the years and will always be watched and discussed for the end of time. And you are a part of that, Stuart. You have a big part in iconic... (laughs) role in this story and you will live on as a character of this story and you Stuart strauss will live on forever as a twin peaks alum yeah right you're in the family yeah you're not a background actor. no well, not to us that's that's that you are I a love star it. So you know uh, like i say i really yeah. hey i appreciate it it's um there's hardly been a day or a week that's gone by i mean where i haven't seen some new fan art some sort of appreciation it's usually the jail cell scene that's been modified or something, or quite often now the scene from Part 11 as well. Uh, the one scene, you know, the, the last thing, you know, I'll mention about all of this is Part 17. 
what you saw there to me, other than jail cell scene, which, you know, meant the most to me, you know, being alone, getting all that acclaim and everything else is like nothing else that's ever happened. But what we did in part 17 was like, that was over the course of a couple days, as I recall. And, uh, you know, the action and the direction was so exciting. I mean, it really was. It was so, I was so pumped you know, during and after that when you saw Freddie <laughs> take out Bob with a green garden glove and shatter Bob into a million pieces, well, you know, that that overshadowed our scene dramatically, you know, because really of all the scenes that, that the woodsmen were in, most of them have a lot of artwork that goes along with them, fan art, except that one which was probably, at least in my experience, you know, while I was on the show, that was, you know, like the coolest thing to, to film. Um, you know, again, other than probably the jail cell scene. But, um, yeah, because of the, the intensity of Part 17 and everything that happened, you know, from Chad getting flattened inside the, you know, with the cell door, um, NATO becoming Diane... Billy the Drunk passing out of sleep, yeah, that guy. Did you ever get to meet him? I met him at a dinner. <laughs> I just met him at a Love dinner. That guy. Of course, yeah. I didn't recognize him. <laughs> I think his name is Jay. Yeah, yeah real cool guy. We something. just met yeah. like a month ago, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I saw Robert Broski at that same dinner, and that was the first time that we met since the first and only night we worked together. Wow, cool. And you know, with part eight, by the way, yeah, I heard David say to him, Can you say God a light? But beyond the scenes in the dark that night at that car, I had no clue that he was in any more of it. Oh, the drink full into sand, this is the water, this is the well, you got no idea, right? Jeez, that was completely by surprise, you know, And, and, and taken away by it and his talent and how well it worked you know and how well how good he was so yeah yeah, that was a real pleasure and like i say major surprise i mean all of part eight was a blow mind wasn't it i mean that's one of the best hours of television in the history yeah i don't think you'll get many arguments on that one someone was speculating this is pure speculation on the award season coming up that david lynch will be nominated for best director for parts eight and part 17 i'm honored to have been in both of those parts as you know whatever it may have been um and just to watch them you know but like you say just to be part of the whole thing oh and to meet people that were you know i met dana ashbrook not too long ago met connie woods i've become friends with connie who played the new girl in uh you know in the original series it's because this is like a family. I mean, she was the uh, in One Eye cool. Jacks, the new girl, right? The, yes, the first new girl. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. you know, Connie's a sweetheart, and and you know, she's done a lot in her life and career. But but it's that family feeling. Once you're in it, you're in it. You're part of it. And they even said that. I remember hearing that you're part of the family, probably from the second night, if not the first day, at least by the second day. Well, we sure enjoyed it. Thanks for, for, for coming in, and we hope to uh, see you up at the Twin Peaks Festival and uh, see you again in Hey, well, uh, absolutely. And, you know, uh, you say you're in L.A., right? 
If you want to meet up one time, you know, at Starbucks or something, just give me a shout. Out, you know? a beer. Take him to Bob's Big Boy and have a tuna melt. Hey, you know, I, 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 yeah, we're glitched. Hey, look, you know, a, used yeah, to melt every day from high there. school. Well, used to go to Bob's Big Boy with the family in the fifties and sixties. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, on a Friday nice. night, we'd all get in the station wagon. I have two younger sisters. You know, with my mom and dad, and that's where we'd be on a Friday. It would be Bob's was, you know, one of the places, and that was a pretty regular occurrence. In high school, it became the pickup spot. Yeah. Cruising Van Nuys, yeah. Bob's was mandatory. You might have been there when Lynch was there. could have been, yeah, you, you know. I mean, we just didn't yeah. run. I it's wish I ran in his away. circle, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, every but, time I come out to L.A., the first thing that Murph and I do is we go to the Bob's in Burbank. Yeah, and that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, I, you know, I've got that's pictures it. with that big boy in front of that <laughs> so big do boy we, stuff. Yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> you know, who doesn't? That, like you say, it's a landmark. That yeah. that whole neighborhood, you know, is. Uh, I love that whole neighborhood, really. So. Well, right on. We'll definitely have to get together, and uh, yeah, if we see out on Halloween, uh, I'll know what side to root for because I want to. Hey, well, there you go. Time. I'm gonna and, uh, probably go into war with know, some of the it guys. I'll the, probably the be Hollywood. right here, which is at home, answering the door. And, um, you know, watching, you know, online and looking for woodsmen. I love Halloween. I've always loved Halloween. And and I will. Okay, here's the last thing I'll say. I've always gotten a kick out of scaring people for fun. You know, I mean, since I was a little kid, the first costume that I ever remember elaborating on was as Frankenstein, where my mom with paper mache and oatmeal and dye and all these makeshift things dressed me up as a monster and i went out and i did the walk and the talk you know and i was probably seven or eight at the oldest you know um as an adult i was um casino shift manager um um here in commerce at the commerce casino for a while on a halloween night where this job called for a tie you know and jacket and slacks if not a suit at least a sports outfit and i took uh you know like fake bullet holes and put a bullet hole or two in my wrist and you know with spirit gum and then let some you know fake blood drip down the top of my wrist and i'm left-handed and one thing you do as a manager you sign a lot of stuff you know so every time i take my pen out to sign something you know, whoever I was signing in front of would see my hand and they jump back, you know. It would, you know, so I've always loved doing this. So, yeah, it's, to kind of have the breakthrough role, and I, I don't want to say kind of, to have a breakthrough role as the perpetrator of people's nightmares, oh, man, I'm in seventh heaven, believe yeah. me. You know, couldn't be any Hell better. Yeah. You know? Well, you should be, because you scared the hell out of this, and we'll continue to do so. So thanks again for your contributions, uh, Stuart, and uh, you know, you'll know you be a friend of the pod forever now, so All right. we'll be in touch. Uh, and yeah, you and I have to go to Bob's Sounds Big great. Boy sometime, and I hope to see you out on okay, Halloween. Okay, well, we'll look for uh, each other, and just remember, carry matches.
was chilly, wasn't it? Are you doing Count Floyd? <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. I was just saying that was some chilling stuff. I don't know. Just the word chilling <laughs> makes me think of Count Floyd. Chilling, folks. Yeah, so uh, you better meet Stuart with, with a match or your head may get crushed on Halloween. <laughs> yeah, to all those great interview, though. Wasn't that a great? That was a great interview, man. Love it that. was. It really was. To all those trick-or-treaters out in uh, sunny California, just if you find yourself at Stuart's house, just be sure you have some matches or a lighter. Yeah. Well, I think I've been like the last week I've been getting used to living inside a dream. And I think this was uh, one of the perks of living inside a dream is being able to interview one of our heroes of the cast. So I think this was a great interview. Uh, you have any takeaways you want to talk about? Yeah, just a couple of things. Really, just the story about his first day on location, part eight, him with three other woodsmen lined up in the road and Lynch you know, saunters up to him and just takes a look at each face and points to Broski, Robert Broski, and says, can you say got a light? And then cinematic history right there. Absolutely crazy that Lynch you know, relied on intuition because how the hell would he know that Robert Broski could pull off the whole, this is the water and this is the well poem, but he certainly did. He dreamt it. Well, maybe that's what it was. It was. <laughs> yeah. Just like Laura, episode 12 or whatever, outside of the, the, the hotel room door or something. He's had a vision. Not where it counts, so buddy. Um, and then also the jail cell scene, the fact that you know, another woodsman was supposed to be uh, cast in that scene, but apparently he had another gig. So Stewart got that gig in cinematic history forever. And I wonder if that other woodsman is just, you know, beating his head against the wall, uh, realizing what he missed out on. Yeah, man. What is the old Woody Allen line? Like uh, 80% of success in Hollywood's showing up. So there he is. Showed up. That's true. And one other thing I want to mention is that Stewart's time on the set of staying Alive when he was talking about Stallone, Sly, his wardrobe changes um, in between takes. It was like he was like a rock star, like, you know, performing on stage. He had to go do all these wardrobe changes. But he mentioned, I think, one of his wardrobe choices was some Western wear, which made me think of the, uh, the film Rhinestone that he starred in with uh, Dolly Parton, which was this notorious cinematic bomb right around the same time. So I was wondering maybe if he was getting into character for that. Uh, did you see that movie, Murphy? No, but I think it was like, wasn't he a crooner? Wasn't it like <laughs> doing duets and shit? It was like A Star is Born in Reverse. I think Dolly the Parton. the only movie? Yeah, I think oh, that's what it Dolly was. Parton so was, was James the... Mason and uh, he was the, uh, the uh, Judy Garland. And he, she got him on stage as a country western singer. He was like a cabbie. And uh, even as a kid, when I saw that, I knew it was bad. I haven't seen it since. It's perfect casting. Well, yeah, that's why I didn't see it. So, uh, But uh, yeah, so it was a great episode. Great. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed doing it. We hope to have some more Twin Peaks cast members on. And we hope to get, uh, you know, Stuart up to the Twin Peaks Festival here in July and uh, maybe get him, like, brought in as an official cast member, man, like Stuart. Yeah. He's like a force, man. So I really uh, appreciate talking to him. Do you have any last words for today? Yeah, if we go up there, let's get him on stage. He's uh, he's a rocker. Dude, yeah, yeah. To get the band, the, the sooty band going on, man. I agree. What song would they play? Little uh, Captain Beefheart. <laughs> a little electricity. Electricity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Electric. I would love that. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Stuart. We had a great interview, and I uh, hope to interview again when season four comes around, or even sooner. So, uh, until next time, we're going to start doing our regular podcast again in a couple of days. But until next time, thanks for tuning in. Thunderbolts caught easily Shouts the truth peacefully Electricity